Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Michelle Smith, who is the Director of Community Engagement and Outreach for MADPMO. All right, we'll talk about that. Highlighting the reality of the death penalty in general, and specifically Kevin Johnson, who is currently on death row, and the latest attempts to try to grant clemency to him through advocacy. All right, Michelle, thank you for being on the show. How are you? I'm good, Dr. Richie. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Let's talk about the reality of how ineffective the death penalty is in general. Then we'll get into this specific case. Obviously, I've done many studies that show clearly the death penalty does not stop, nor does it decrease capital offenses in a state. As a matter of fact, the states with the lowest capital offenses actually do not have a death penalty at all. So it does not do that. The government has engaged in state sponsored murder when they say yes to executing an individual as punishment for a crime. Initially, the proclamation from lawmakers was, well, this would deter criminal activity, but it does not based on the data. So let's talk about your abolitionist platform as it relates to incarceration and the death penalty. Well, thank you so much. And all of that you said is definitely true. Um, What we know is that the current system of capital punishment is a regurgitation of racial terror lynching. And I always start with that as a foundation because even when we say they decide that, you know, this is the best punishment for certain crimes, um, they've decided this because historically this country practiced uh, these horrible acts. And so I am here to you know, push the narrative that we are beyond being inhumane and atrocious, or at least we should be, I'll say that. We should be beyond this in this day and age. And um, like you said, capital punishment does not fix anything, does not stop anything. And those states that have capital punishment do have more crime and more violence. So it actually has the opposite effect. Your work with Missourians for alternatives to the death penalty has been well noted. Let's talk specifically about Mr. Kevin Johnson, who's currently on death row. Tell us about his plight and why there's a push for clemency for this young man. Well, Kevin Johnson is a victim of all of those horrible occurrences that a child could experience. And this is what it has culminated to. Uh, Kevin was 19 years old in 2005, and he committed a horrible act, he did, he killed a policeman. Um, But the circumstances and the conditions from the day that he was born up until that day should matter more than what they do currently. And that is the foundation of why I'm trying to advocate for Kevin is because our system fails children, especially black children, especially poor children, our system fails them every single day, yet later on um, they are to be held accountable when no one was held accountable for you know, supporting them, helping them to get through very hard times. And that was very much what Kevin experienced. He was born to a mother who was, you know, uh, had a drug addiction. Um, his father was incarcerated and he was born into a very chaotic and unstable life. Um, it was mired with abuse and neglect. Um, even those people like the school that should have helped him, they really did not. And so Kevin just suffered a tremendous 
um, abuse, like I said, abuse, uh, violence in his entire life, which led up to those um, actions that he took on July 5th, 2005. Again, at 19 years old, that's still a child, that's a baby. And so um, studies have shown that people's brains don't even develop until they're about 25 years old. So to want to hold a 19 year old accountable for a horrible mistake is something that um, happened as a result of not caring about him his entire life. That is definitely something we are against, and that's why we're calling for clemency, which means converting his sentence from death sentence to life imprisonment currently. I wanted you to make that point, I'm glad you did, because the advocacy is actually not for release. The advocacy right now is for conversion of the death penalty, which is final. You don't get more final than death on this plane. The death penalty to be converted to life in prison, and here's the reality. Uh, many individuals who have um, killed someone, they have life. They did not get the death penalty. Even in premeditation, many of them have life. They do not have a death penalty affixed to the conviction of that crime. Why do you think at 19 with all of the other variables that typically go into um, effect as it relates to if someone gets the death penalty, why do you think the 19 year old Kevin Johnson received the harshest punishment allowable under the law for the crime? Well, you know, there are simply a couple of factors. Number one, he was a poor black child. And number two, there was a prosecution that was racially motivated. Um, the, the second factor is the most important. Um, our prosecutor at the time, Robert McCullough, who also is the person responsible for not seeking a, seeking a charge against the person who killed Mike Brown Jr. This same prosecutor, when Kevin was 19, felt like he deserved to die for um, killing this policeman. There was no um, mitigation that was enough for him. There was no compassion, there was no empathy to Kevin's life. He had a mission and he accomplished that mission. Now the first time he tried to do this, the first trial, it didn't happen. But the second trial, he made sure he got an all white jury. And we know that all white juries, what they do to young black men, right? So he got an all white jury and he made sure that Kevin's life in a situation that led up to that day were kept out of the courtroom. And in that second um, trial, he did get the sentence he was looking for, which was a death sentence. I wanna make sure I humanize this for everybody who's watching. Uh, and I'm going to place personal perspective into the conversation. When I was 17 years of age, as a young juvenile delinquent who was a foster kid, I got into trouble. I was a member of a gang. I got arrested at 17. I assumed I was going to the juvenile detention that I had been to many times before. And the police officer informed me that Georgia had just changed the law and that every single 17 year old was now an adult in the state of Georgia for criminal prosecution purposes only. You were not an adult in any other context, but if you were arrested by police, right? So he takes me to real jail this time. And I'm being prosecuted under a felony statute. I was facing 22 years in prison. The DA of the county, DeKalb County, Georgia, J. Tom Morgan, who was progressive on criminal matters as it relates to prosecution. He was more of a reformist. He didn't like the state law. So he created a policy in his office that said if any 17 year old gets arrested in my county, they're gonna get something called the First Offenders Act with no felony conviction on their record. Now remember, the reason why the law was created was to make sure they could throw young black men away for years without having to be thoughtful about our socioeconomic reality. 
that one DA made a difference, changed the policy. And today, as a black male in my 40s, I'm felony free because of that one DA transforming a policy. So this is a policy issue. And obviously bias has created statute, has created laws that are adversarial to those who have not typically had power historically. So as it stands right now, as it stands right now, what has the support looked like in order to transform this sentence from death penalty to life in prison? Well, currently, uh, Dr. Ritchie, we are trying to um, educate the public on death row, death penalty, and also specifically Kevin's case. Um, people don't understand what the death penalty is. You know, they understand revenge, but they don't understand how it, it does not work and it's arbitrarily applied. So my job is to educate people on that overall, bring Kevin's humanity into the situation. Uh, which circles around his little brother. Not only did Ke- was Kevin 19 years old at the moment, two hours before he had watched the police be negligent in his little brother's death. And that is actually what uh, uh, you know brought Kevin over that line uh, mentally t- in his grief and trauma. And in that moment, you know, who's watching their 12 year old brother die and not feeling some rage and some some poor decision making, I'll say. And so I really try to educate people on those factors that led to what happened with Kevin. And once I once I'm able to do that and really push forward, you know, his humanity and what happened, people are more inclined to support us. So we have a um, advocacy effort right now where people are calling our governor, writing letters, emails. Uh, we're also having different events where the public are coming out to support us. So this is all about humanizing Kevin and pleading with the governor of Missouri, Mr. Mike Parson, to grant him clemency. What kind of person is Kevin? Um, Kevin is a really intelligent young man. He's a prolific writer. He's actually written two books and working on a third. Um, he's also a grandfather and a father. Uh, his uh, grandson is a little over a month old right now. And he's been an amazing dad, even from prison um, to his daughter who is 19. And interestingly enough, she's at the age right now where he was when he committed this crime. Mm. And he has been you know, a present and active father in her life. He makes sure to keep connections with her. Um, he's also a very soft-spoken person. He's also um, quiet. All of his teachers said he was very quiet in school. But you know, something happened that that made him, you know, basically snap is, is the word that I used. But he's a great person and he does deserve this clemency because he's kept so many people both inside and outside of prison. Michelle, we have less than a minute left. For those who are watching this, how can they connect with you or your organization, provide support if they choose to? We are asking people to sign his petition and to learn more. And you can do that on our website, which is madpmo.org. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are at madpmo. So please follow our work, all of the videos, petitions, everything that you can use to help Kevin is on all of those places. Michelle, thank you for your advocacy and your continued leadership. We know that. Generally, it's a bad policy. Um, I support you. You have an open opportunity to come back anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank you.